nice to meet you all congregations. Uh, I'm very happy to stand here to speak about gospel in English. And uh, I hope all of you understand my sermon completely. And I, I, ask, you, uh, I ask you to pray that uh, I could send my message to you by the, Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, today, I would like to share about my meditation on Romans chapter 10, verse 13 to 15 with you. Beforehand, I ask one question. What do you think is the most important thing in our lives? It would, it would certainly be life. As you know, many people are struggling with finding the truth. Then how do we get Eternal life. Let's read the Bible verse from chapter 10, verse 10, 13 to 15. Let's begin. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Read together. <laughs> How then can they call on the one who How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Yeah. This verse is originally quoted from Joel, the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 32. And when the final judgment comes, the only way to survive is going to be by calling on the name of the Lord. What does it mean? to call on the name of the Lord. This does not simply mean to call out the name of the Christ. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. It is not enough for you to sit under the preaching of the word of God. It is not enough for you to have some theological knowledge or even to be a student of the Bible to be saved. To be saved, you must call on the Lord Jesus Christ personally, saying, Lord Jesus Christ, I confess that I am a sinner. I cannot save myself, and I call on you to save me. Help me and save me from my sin. If you will do that and really mean it, Jesus will save you. Secondly, to be saved, we must believe in Jesus Christ. Belief in Christ doesn't mean intellectual content or knowledge, nor personal assent to or agreement with the content, but commitment and trust in him. True faith goes with practice. We can judge whether someone has faith or not according to their actions. Here is a good example. Many of you may have heard this before. There was once a man who, who was a famous tightrope walker. His greatest 
achievement was when he ventured to walk on a tightrope across the great Niagara Falls. The crowd stood in absolute awe as he slowly made his way across the great high with no safety nets or anything to catch him if he were to fall. Once he got to the other side, the crowd that was there cheered wildly and gave a standing ovation as he made that final step onto safe ground. Upon quieting them, the tightrope worker thanked them for coming and watching his display. But before they left, he asked them if they would like to see him do it again, only in a bit more of a challenging way. Of course, the crowd roared their approval. So this time, the tightrope worker took a wheelbarrow and crossed to the other side and back again. Again, without the hitch and to the sheer delight of the ever-growing crowd, everyone was totally amazed at this man's amazing talent. Again, the tightrope worker motioned for the crowd to become silent and asked again if they would like to see him do it yet again, but with more of a challenge. Yes, they cried with one voice. And he said, do you believe I could cross over and back again with someone sitting in wheelbarrow? Yes, they all replied. Do you really believe I could do it without falling? Yes, they cried even louder. Then, who is willing to get in and come with me? There was no response, just quiet. Until final, finally, a little boy came to the front of the crowd. I'm willing to go with you, he said. I have faith you will get me to the other side and back safely. So the little boy got in and without faltering, the man walked confidently to the other side and back again to the amazement of the crowd. The little boy was his own only son who had real faith. Yes, the son. Then did the other people have faith in him? Yes, but only in their mind. But they did not really trust him. If they really trusted him, they would have gotten the wheelbarrow like the son did. I want that we are going to have a strong faith like a little boy. Thirdly, this faith come, comes from hearing the message. This doesn't mean that preaching is the only valid way to spread the gospel. But think of the time when Paul was bringing the gospel. There was no New Testament which was written about Jesus. No newspaper, no TV, no radio, no internet. The only way to bring the message 
was to go there and speak about it. In, in fact, the powerful way of evangelism has not changed yet. Even though other mass media have highly developed since that time, the powerful way with personal, personal contact is preaching. Jesus himself came to the world as the word. He preached and taught about kingdom of God. He used visible miracles and parables, but explained all things by his words. We must hear the words from him who has come as the word. Lastly, we can see the Apostle Paul is using a logical way to reach his main point, which is mission. You cannot call on God unless you believe in him. You cannot believe in him unless you hear about him. You cannot hear about him unless there is someone to proclaim the good news. There can be no one to proclaim the good news unless God commissions and dispatches someone to do so. Can you imagine the importance of sending missionaries to non-believers? Who sends them? God himself sends them. How important and precious for us to be God's ambassadors. A long time ago, Isaiah realized that uh, it is important and he prophesied, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The idea seems strange if we remember that the feet of an ancient traveler would be dusty and smelly from the unsurfaced and unsanitary roads. Moreover, the feet were regarded as the most dirty part of the body at the time. So only slaves would wash them for their masters. However, the prophet Isaiah is saying that the feet are beautiful, not the person who brings the good news. Why is he focusing on not the person, but the ugly and dirty feet? The feet do not care about their features for their share of the gospel. They go wherever the body wants to go, even if it is dirty and smelly. To surrender all for the sake of the gospel is real beauty. The Bible says that visible beauty is fleeting and the beauty of the rich and influential person will inevitably fade away. It is real beauty to live for the work with which God is greatly pleased at the expense of visible beauty. Now I would like to invite you into the most beautiful job in the world. It is bringing the gospel to your friends. The gospel is that Jesus Christ has died for our sins and has risen from the dead, and whoever believes in him will live again and have eternal life. Brothers and sisters, bring the gospel to your friends. It is too precious to keep for ourselves. Let your friend join this wonderful worship service 
and have joy and peace and, and live an eternal life. God will bless this church so much that we would save a lot of our non-Christian friends. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us Jesus Christ who has died for our sins and has risen from the dead. Thanks to him, we can live an eternal life. We do not want to keep him for ourselves. We want to spread out the gospel to our neighbors. Give us your power and Holy Spirit to share the gospel with our friends boldly and change our neighbors with your word. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Friends, that was a clear presentation of the gospel. And uh, the gospel needs to be responded to. Uh, as uh, Pastor Herb mentioned, to be able to en enter into all that God has for us, we've got to take that step first of calling on the Lord. And uh, I know many have done that here, but it may be that you haven't. And it may be just as uh, we've gone through this service, something in your heart has stirred. And uh, you've been challenged, baby, to, to cry out to God, to call upon him. Then I invite you to do that today. Uh, don't leave this place. If, you, if there's something going on in your mind and in your heart, that you need a saviour. You, you, you need to meet with God in a personal way. And so I want to invite you to, those of you perhaps who have never ever taken that step of commitment, to do that right now. And I'm going to pray, and uh, I'll pray a simple prayer. And if this prayer expresses what's in your heart, you pray the prayer quietly to yourself. And uh, if this is real to you, and it's, this is a genuine, yes, God, I, I need your forgiveness. I'm sorry for my sin and I want to enter into this wonderful forgiveness and life lived for God. If that's real for you this morning, then you pray the prayer and afterwards, please have a word with myself. Let, just let me know and uh, God will hear you. That's so important. This is the most important thing that you could ever do in your life. So let's just be quiet, shall we? And I'm, I'm going to pause a minute just to give you time, and then I'm going to pray a simple prayer, and I'll give time for you to repeat that prayer to yourself quietly. And uh, if anybody wants to pray, then you pray. Uh, sometimes uh, there is a, uh, a choice to be made and uh, God brings us to a place of decision. And so if you need to make that choice, you're made to make that decision where you cry out to God, where you 
know that you need Christ as a saviour and you believe in him, then quietly pray a prayer like this. Lord God, thank you that you love me with such a great love. In spite of my sin that caused your son to go to the cross to die for me. In spite of the sin in my life that grieves you and offends you. In spite of the sin that would send me out of your presence forever. And when I die, never to know you, never to have that chance. And to spend eternity in hell. Thank you that you love me. And I thank you that Jesus died for me. And that Jesus gave his life that I might be forgiven. I'm sorry for my sin. And I ask you to forgive me because of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Saviour and my Lord. Help me to live for you. Help me to know you. Come into my life, I pray. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, let me pray now for those For any who prayed that prayer, Lord, thank you that you've heard the prayers of the heart. Thank you that you know our thoughts. Thank you nothing is hidden from you. And so, Lord, I pray for any here this morning who have prayed that prayer of commitment of their lives to you and of trusting Christ. Lord, that that would become so real to them that you would seal that salvation to them this morning. And that they would know in their hearts the joy of the Lord. Bless each one, I pray. And may they serve you and love you. And have the courage to let others know what they've done. Lord, I pray for them to be filled with your spirit. And Lord, for those of us who know you and have maybe some of us have known you for a long time now. Help us never to lose the thrill of the gospel. And the confidence that it is the gospel that has the power unto God for salvation. And that we are ambassadors entrusted to beseech others to be reconciled to God. Help us, Lord, to take this seriously, we pray. Help us to be always willing to be available to talk about our faith unashamedly. To tell others about Jesus. That we might live for you day by day and be fruitful for you in our Christian lives. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this team who have been with us. We would pray for your blessing as they leave this afternoon. They're going to London for a day and then going on from there back to Korea. We pray for your blessing on each of their lives and their families' lives. We thank you for them. And we pray, Lord, that as they go back, that they would, Lord, be led into new things in their lives for you, to serve you and to love you. Bless their church, Lord. Thank you for hearing so much that you're doing. Thank you for the wonderful things that you're doing in Korea. 
Lord, we pray for your richest blessing upon the the senior pastor and all the other pastors and leaders of that church. That they would have even greater vision for mission and for serving you. And Lord, for the wonderful things that you have to do for them, either abroad or in the community of North Koreans who come into that church, having escaped North Korea. Lord, whatever you have, Lord, would you lead them into your perfect will, we pray. And we seek for your richest blessing upon them. And we give you praise and thank you for them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, my friends, we're going to sing. Obviously, we're finishing a little earlier. Perhaps we, somebody could let the Sunday school know. We might just need to wait a little bit for them to finish off in, in the lounge. But we're going to sing a song, Facing a Task, and finish if the musicians and singers would come. And uh, it's a song that challenges us to take the gospel, take up our responsibility as Christians to witness. Facing a task unfinished that drives us to our knees, a need that undiminished rebukes our slothful ease. Let's say stand, shall we? Facing a task unfinished That drives us to our knees A need that undiminished Rebukes our slothful ease We who rejoice to know thee Renewed before thy throne The solemn pledge we Thank you for being with us. We'll say the grace 
to each other. The words are the grace of, I'll say it and then we'll say it together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. So if you can say that prayer, let's say it to each other, shall we? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and uh, thank you for being with us.